0: Welcome into our home and our hearts for Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier.
1: We're doctors of psychology and the founders of Soul Shepherding.
0: We offer conversations to help pastors and leaders thrive with Jesus in ministry. That's the point of all our seminars, counseling, retreats, and resources.
1: A great way to get to know Soul Shepherding is through our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke.
0: Your face doesn't look icky and sticky.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a relief. (laughs) Bill's saying that because this morning I tried a little sample packet of some natural sunscreen. It had matcha tea and things in it. And I thought, oh, this will be neat. I went to put it on and it was really thick and felt icky and sticky. (laughs) And then I I added the packet to you and I said, oh, there's some more in here. Do you want to try this natural sunscreen? And I said, but you need to be aware. It it feels kind of icky and sticky putting it on.
0: I didn't put it on. No, thank you.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes, honey, things that are good for us don't feel good.
0: That's part of the life uh, of the soul, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We need to do some some training and some work, and sometimes at first it doesn't feel good. One example of that is relates to our subject today. We're going to talk about when pastors fall, when uh, men and women in ministry and Christian leaders fall. It's a very discouraging subject that's been uh, in the news in recent months, and this is what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be looking at it from an encouraging angle. I hope Uh, you may have read our soul shepherding devotional that came out recently. Pastors who fall safely came out on September 11th. That's the blog on our website also, and in there I talked about a pastor who fell ice climbing and and fell into discouragement and depression when people made fun of his fall, which he thankfully survived. Uh, But he realized then that he was being, in his words, driven by idols of achievement and approval as a pastor, uh, working uh, 75 hours a week, and that he was getting his, what he called his pastoral super pump going. And uh, pastors and other church leaders can relate to that. Every Sunday you you put on a big event and it, it takes some energy and probably some adrenaline and you might feel like you need a pastoral super pump. And just to get through the, the work of caring for people and leading the church and so forth is tempting to uh, be pushing and stressing and overworking. And uh, those of us who are in other lines of work in ministry may relate to that also. So we have found it really helpful to pray what we call a fall safely prayer, Lord, please don't grant me more power or success than my character can handle. And it doesn't feel good to pray that prayer, does it?
1: Well, it doesn't, and yet we know it's it's like a safety guard that we mm-hmm. need. You know, I'm sure it doesn't feel comfortable to have a a belt, you know, attached with safety lines to you when you're climbing, mm-hmm. either. But but we need that, and. We don't want God to trust us more than we're able to be faithful with.
0: Yeah, and the pastor in the story I told, he he had those ropes of safety that saved his life when he was ice climbing, and he had some spiritual ropes of safety that saved him when he fell into depression because he had some some friendships and he had some spiritual disciplines and scripture meditation that helped him recover from that discouragement and shame that he fell into and to really learn from his experience and to set some boundaries and... Uh, approach his life of worship with more vigor and more humility. And so this prayer helps us get there. It doesn't feel good to pray it maybe at first, to, to ask God not to give us more success and power, because when we're in ministry or in leadership of any kind, we we want more. We're, we're serving God with it, and uh, we, we want to see uh, growth and improvement and That's a good thing, but it's also a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. And so this prayer helps us uh, fall into the arms of Jesus, realizing that we have weaknesses, we have hurts, we have struggles and needs, and it's important that we not uh, run out ahead of the Lord, but we trust Him to open up opportunities for us.
1: Yeah, it's, it's humbling in my experience, Bill. There's times when we get disappointed that... God doesn't give us more influence or, or areas, and then I remind myself of that prayer we've been praying, and it's humbling to think, well, I guess you know maybe my character couldn't handle it. and I, It is a consolation, though, to remember that we're praying that prayer and trusting the Lord with that.
0: Yeah, we've been praying it for many years, over a decade, and it, it definitely has become something that gives us security and comfort and confidence that, you know, the Lord is in charge, and yeah. we don't need to make stuff happen here in soul shepherding. And it's really good to see the opportunities the Lord brings us. And uh, growing slow is a good thing because it makes space for our souls and our marriage and our family and our ongoing learning process so that we don't burn out.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of countercultural. You know, it's easy to just think that we should be more, bigger, better all the time. And so it's countercultural to realize well, no, that might not be God's best for, for us, for me, for the pastor.
0: And we have sadly, tragically, seen some very scary cases of pastors and priests and other leaders mm-hmm. who had more power than their character can handle. Yeah. Who were uh, the situation with Bill Hybels, my former pastor, which I wrote about in our soul shepherding devotional. It's very disappointing, mm-hmm. uh, one of uh, our heroes. and who's been such a great uh, leader for the Lord. And uh, he had some unconfessed, unresolved sins with abuses of power and sexuality that caught up with him. Mm -hmm. And that does not invalidate all the good in his ministry, but unfortunately his legacy is is really damaged. And there was a a lack of humility in this area that hurt a lot of people, Mm -hmm. uh, especially his wife and family and colleagues and his own soul, and so we need to be really careful with power mm-hmm. and success because it, it can uh, reveal these uh, weaknesses and flaws in our character. So we need to be paying attention to these things. And that's mm-hmm. where this prayer, you know, Lord, don't grant me more power or success than my character can handle. It, it brings me back to look in the mirror Yeah, Uh, and my own soul, my own intimacy with the Lord, my own marriage and relationships, and say, You know, well, you know, how am I doing here? And and am I paying attention to my foundation? Yes, because it's through our abiding in Christ, not only theologically but practically, uh, abiding in an intimate and organic union with Jesus, an interactive relationship, a conversational relationship of prayer and trust, and so forth. It's through that relationship and our relationships of loving one another that we are, are nourished and that we grow and that we work through the the weaknesses and hurts and sins in our life that, that need God's grace and mercy
1: yeah and we've had several pastors who have contacted us just they're hurting because of this when this news came out and then you know recently with the Catholic priests more again on that and then there's been you know some recent pastors that have maybe not act out with this Issue, but they've actually act, been acting inward and have actually taken their lives. And so that's, you know, also another tragedy that's so sad. And so we've got pastors who are, are hearing this and the public who are hearing this, and they're having understandably credible emotions about this. Grief, you know, fear. Oh, no, you know, am I vulnerable of this? It makes them feel, you know, insecure that way. And it, it makes them feel, you know, just so the responsibility that they carry.
0: Yeah, if my priest or pastor or leader, shepherd that I've trusted would would have an affair, abuse a child, uh, uh, commit suicide, uh, these kinds of things. Yeah, it sends us reeling, mm-hmm. and that's what one of our friends, Aaron Damiani, a pastor in Chicago, Anglican pastor there, an author that we appreciate, and he uh, sent us and he listens to Soul Talks with his wife and uh, subscribes to our email blog. And he said that uh, he wanted to hear us talk about what's going on here because what he finds in the people that he works with and the pastors that he connects with in his ministry that these church scandals are creating growing disillusionment with uh, the church leaders and systems, uh, both evangelical and Catholic. And he says that he talks with people who are reeling Mm -hmm. from fallen pastors and priests over their issues with sexism and narcissistic personalities and Celebrity culture mm-hmm. and toxic church systems. And he says, you know, how can we stay hopeful and healthy and non judgmental while also processing the sadness, anger, and diminished trust?
1: Yeah, Aaron, that's so good. I just want to affirm you, just thank you, just respect you for, you know, being honest with this issue and taking it seriously. And having the courage to say, you know, I want to lead well in this. I want want to follow Christ and represent Christ well. And I want to lead with, you know, empathy and compassion for the people that are reeling from this. And also take responsibility for my own soul and my own reeling in this. And it it is a reeling, you know. I think we all um, feel the grief of just, you know, the body of Christ suffering from this. And also the great responsibility.
0: One of the things that Aaron's doing, this really wise, is he's doing a whole preaching series on sexuality. It's not really inspired by the recent scandals. It was something he planned to do anyway, because in our culture we are so confused in the mm-hmm. area of sexuality, yeah. sexual roles, gender identity, and so forth. And so we we really need to turn to the scriptures and mm-hmm. talk about well, what does healthy sexuality look like? Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about here, as it relates to leadership. And, you know, how is it this, this happens? How is it that a, a seminary-trained pastor or other devoted Bible student and shepherd of people who is committed to Christ and really loves people and wants to lead them well, how do they get caught in uh, sexual sin? How do they get caught in lust, whether it's pornography or flirtations or having an affair?
1: Yeah, well, they don't set out to become... <laughs> Mm-hmm. a person who would do this. It's neglecting their the care of their soul one little piece at a time. Sometimes service to Christ becomes the greatest danger to our love for Christ and our relationship with Him. And they start to put priority subtly on the service and what they're doing and then start to sometimes feel some resentment and feel like, well, I've got to take care of myself. I need a little something for me here. And start going to the easy Easy, you know, thing that feels good, um, and they start to lose their first love.
0: There becomes some entitlement there, yeah, and sin starts to look appealing, mm-hmm. and that's a dangerous thing. We, we really need to be monitoring our thoughts and our feelings, our temptations, and nip those things in the bud. Not just behaviorally, but treat them as okay. What does this indicate about my soul? So it's ought to be like on, on a dashboard, like we have in our car, checking our, our our engine lights, so to speak. We need that for our soul. Mm-hmm. How is the state of my soul? Am, am I happy in Jesus? Am I healthy in my relationship with the Lord and my prayer life and my my marriage and my friendships? Um, am I getting the rest I need? And see, when we're not meeting our needs in the ways that God has provided for us, and we're we're overdoing we're giving too much to people, we're trying too hard to make our church, or our ministry grow, we're too worried about our image and uh, how people are viewing us, then we, we start getting resentful of all the work we're doing and we're not really all being appreciated here and uh, why isn't God blessing my work like other people's? And uh, Or we just get exhausted from working so hard and we think that these easy escapes into into lust or could be into food or into uh, hoarding money or things to make our lives feel better. We think that that's going to really help us, but we, we probably know better intellectually, but emotionally we're going for what feels good fast.
1: Yeah, I think, too, the other thing that makes us vulnerable in the Christian culture of today that really the celebrity culture that Aaron you know, identified, is that people start building us up as if we're really special. And it's a problem if you start believing that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and start believing that you're deserving of special and you start to kind of agree with some of the narcissism there that's been received and you start to feel pressure like you're on this pedestal and you can't be a real person and you can't have real needs and you deny those needs.
0: Yeah, we, we're putting out a a false image, mm-hmm. and some of that's, what, like you're saying, people are putting that on us, mm-hmm. and they, they sort of want, even feel they need us to be a certain way. And so then we're trying to live up to that that image of being a, a great pastor, or a great leader, or a really caring person. And so then we get this sanctification gap, this gap yeah. between what we know to be true from, from the scriptures and from our life with Jesus what we're actually living and mm-hmm. that gap gets wider and wider and we're we're not experiencing the things that we're talking about and we're not anymore experiencing so much the things that other people are experiencing from our ministry and that's a really slippery thing mm-hmm. because on, on the one side the, the greatest honor of our lives you know for for you listening to us whether you're a church pastor or you're in another sort of uh, ministry or service position, you're, the greatest honor you have in your life is, is to serve the Lord and to share his love and grace with other people. And there is no joy that's greater than that when we get to overflow with God's presence and his kindness and his words of truth. Uh, we're helping people trust in Jesus and follow Jesus as his disciples. And we're growing spiritual communities to uh, bring honor to the Lord and to help people. And so this is awesome, and yet if we're living for those effects, if we're hanging our our hopes on drinking from the splashback Mm -hmm. of the living waters that are flowing through us and and coming to other people, and then they splash back onto us, and we get this sense of excitement, look how the Lord has used me, or look how this person is really connected with Jesus, and that encourages us and nourishes us. And well, on the one side, that's a good thing to be appreciated and to be affirmed. But if that becomes our main consolation, and that's how I feel close to God, is when I help somebody else feel close to God. Or that's how I feel the warmth of God's presence is when he anoints me. And I I preach an amazing sermon. See, that is a slippery slope.
1: Yeah, if it becomes all about what I do, and this, this thing can become a false self. For us. And we we start to identify with that false self.
0: We need to be having our own authentic and true relationship with Jesus. And so if we're um, helping other people be vulnerable, but we're not being vulnerable, or if our main vulnerability is in our messages or our blog, it's like, well, that's not true vulnerability if it isn't first coming out in your relationship with your support people who are safe and confidential for you. Because we all need to be in that position of of honesty and the position of, I, I need pastoring too.
1: Yeah, and I think being able to have somebody that you can be honest with is really helpful. I know for me that's been so helpful. Just recently we were doing some intense ministry and um, I heard myself as we were going to the next ministry event um, kind of vent to you some frustrations because I was kind of feeling trapped, like I was just inside and working so hard and I was Mm -hmm. frustrated and I was, you know, wanting to get some exercise and I was wanting to get out outside. And I heard myself complaining to you and venting to you, and it was corrective for me because it was like showing... The state of my soul was manifesting here and it was, it was recognizing, oh, you know, there's some self-pity here. There's some entitlement here. This isn't good. And just hearing myself say that enabled me to kind of humble myself before the Lord and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, this is a privilege that you've called me to do this and you're enough for me and you're my son and you're, you know, and, and kind of reorient a little bit. It was reorienting for me to hear myself kind of just confess that all to you.
0: You're my son, meaning the Lord's your your warmth, your sunshine on a cloudy day. Yeah. So tell us more about that, Christy, because uh, someone listening might think that you're sort of just squelching the emotions of of, of tiredness and uh, sort of feeling like you're missing out on um, uh, some enjoyable experiences. And you you weren't shutting down your emotions Mm -mm. in addition to confessing this to the Lord and and checking your attitude. You did some other things to care for your soul.
1: Yeah, I did. Definitely. And, you know, having a soul talk with you was, was key in that and mm-hmm. caring for my soul and giving myself that space just to be honest and check in with what am I feeling and why am I feeling it and what do I need? And so that was good. And then I think the other thing too was, yeah, taking time to rest between, you know, the events and the commitments that we had and taking time to meditate on scripture and, and worship and do some other things that I could do that would help me connect with God and, and having boundaries where we had to have them. So, you know, there was, at the end of that day, we ended up not doing something that was actually on the schedule ministry-wise mm-hmm. because we recognized, no, we, we needed to rest. We, we needed that. We needed a little bit of free, free time.
0: And then we took a day hike in the beauty of Northern Washington and really enjoyed that. So yeah, it's important that we are taking care of our souls. And so you give us a great example there of how you're paying attention to that indicator light on the dashboard Mm -hmm. of of your own soul, that Mm -hmm. you're feeling tired and depleted there. So we're talking about when pastors and leaders fall and the importance of falling before we fall by falling in humility. And uh, Peter gives us some great words on this. In First Peter 5, speaking to uh, spiritual leaders, elders, pastors, men and women in ministry of all kinds. And he says uh, to us that uh, we're to be shepherds of God's flock that is under our care, watching over them, not because we must or because we should, but because we're willing. And not pursuing selfish gain, but eager to serve. And not lording it over those entrusted to us, but being examples to the flock. And then when the chief shepherd appears, we receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Of course, that's not just when we step into heaven in full glory. But uh, Jesus, our chief shepherd, can appear in lesser ways uh, throughout our life on earth and throughout our leadership. And that's what we need. And so he goes on to teach us about uh, the importance of humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand. You know, to cry out to the Lord, and as as you did, Christy, to confess our hurts, our our tiredness, our stress, our sin, and wait for the Lord to lift us up in due time. And that's our prayer about, you know, the Lord not putting us into positions of leadership and influence and success before we're ready, but that we would work with the Lord on being ready, that in His time, He will lift us up. And in the meantime, we cast all our anxieties on Him because He cares for us. And we need to be self controlled and alert. Again, which is what you modeled there, Christy, uh, because our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we need to resist him, standing firm in the faith, because we know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. Peter goes on and speaks about the, the God of all grace who uh, empowers us. And that, that's exactly what we need.
1: It is. Those are appropriate words for us in this topic. And I think, you know, that does identify that we do have an enemy too when we're serving the Lord and we need, you know, we need prayer and we need to be resisting temptation.
0: And so humility, uh, authentic, honest relationship with the Lord and with the people in the body of Christ is the great antidote to uh, temptation to sin and to um, being selfish, to tendencies towards narcissism, where we are all focused on ourself. And uh, the important thing to remember with cases, because uh, as Aaron's question brings out, in some of these situations of um, pastors falling into sexual sin, there it seems to be some narcissism that's uh, ingrained in that situation there. And that comes out of an empty soul when we have this, this ego and we are um, putting ourselves on a pedestal or we are uh, enjoying other people idealizing us and sort of feeding off of that. And we're living for the numbers or getting competitive to prove ourselves better than others so that we can feel adequate and being very self-focused uh, e- would even in our leadership and helping of other people, we might be that when that's the case, it's because there's some deep wounds on the inside, some um, very uh, large uh, unmet needs. There, there's a void in there, and so we need to be learning how to to bring our our inner self, our emotions, our needs uh, to the Lord in prayer and to people that we trust, and and do that uh, hard inner work that bears so much fruit for our, for our growth and for our uh, effectiveness in life and ministry. That's so important,
1: Bill. The other thing I want to say here is that there's a difference between an unhealthy narcissism that you've just been talking about and a healthy selfishness that leads to healthy soul care. That's Sometimes right. it feels selfish. Sometimes we feel selfish as leaders, To have boundaries or to do what we need to do in order to take care of our souls under God. And so I just want to distinguish that Mm -hmm. there's a healthy selfishness that's actually self care. It's responsible. It's good. It's important. And then there's unhealthy selfishness that's more this narcissism, this indulgence, this entitlement.
0: Yeah. Jesus tells us to ask for what we need. Mm -hmm. So before we close here, I want to make sure that we make it clear that for every pastor who falls there's a thousand or more who don't. Yes, And it's so important to keep the perspective yes. that there are just uh, innumerable men and women in ministry serving the Lord faithfully, mm-hmm. uh, including you who are listening to us now. So many of you, we are thankful for you've reached out to us, you share your stories with us. And uh, I just say it over and over again, pastors are heroes. Uh, we just see yeah. that time and again as we sit with uh, God's men and God's women who are on the front lines serving the Lord in churches and also in parachurch ministries, and we just see that uh, devotion to God mm-hmm. and the compassion for people, yeah. and uh, and they do take care of their souls. They do.
1: Yeah, and it is it is so encouraging. One of the things that just incites me to praise the Lord, Bill, is oftentimes when we are with pastors in their churches and their parishes and doing events for them, they're bringing us in you know, to, to do an event. Um, and I see and I hear the testimonies of what God has done through them and through their faithfulness and their wives with them and you know their partners and other, the staffs. It is inspiring to see mm-hmm. the work of the Lord that's happened and the fruit there. And I, I was reflecting upon that even recently upon return from this recent trip we got to take up to um, Washington for the Awakening Prayer Institute. And I was sharing with my sisters and my mom as they asked how the trip was about how one of the things that just was so exciting for me was to see the fruit of this ministry and what God's doing and to hear the testimonies. And I said, well, what makes me sad is I don't think the leaders of this ministry and church can see from the fresh perspective that what I can in terms of how fruitful it is.
0: It's true for all of us. You and I have that that same struggle. We we start to sort of get blinded to our own fruitfulness Mm -hmm. because it maybe becomes common or we're used to it or we're more focused on things that are discouraging or that we're struggling with. And so... Yeah, I mean, uh, Wes and Katherine Johnson out there at Bethel Baptist Church in Everett, Washington, and they're two of our heroes. Yeah, and Teresa. Teresa Shottie's, Teresa Shotties yeah. with them. Yeah. yeah, they're just serving the Lord faithfully just and just to, amazing, to meet the people beautiful. that they they care for and pray yeah. for and counsel and do yeah. life with and how those people are, are turning around and serving the Lord.
1: Yeah, and doing it with humility and, you know, hiddenness without getting, you know, the celebrity attention for it, but between a faithful And I just think Jesus is so pleased.
0: God's best work through people is so often done in secret mm-hmm. in and
1: hiddenness. not from a
0: big stage.
1: Yeah. Now and does such good writing about that, about the hiddenness, you know, of Jesus and how God does call us to that.
0: Ages 12 to age 30, Jesus served the Lord in hiddenness. Mm-hmm. And that was his easy yoke training. Yeah. We read about that in Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. So, um, I want to make a comment about uh, the positive statistics on pastor stress. As we're concluding here, I got an encouraging email from Andy Vince, a pastor from the Netherlands who follows our podcast and our blog, and he alerted me to some new research on pastors showing uh, a great improvements in uh, the soul care and the well-being of pastors. So listen to some of these. 90% of pastors feel honored to be a pastor. 57% are happy and fulfilled as a pastor. 78%, if they had to do it over again, would still choose to be a pastor. 94% are not burned out. 65% do not battle depression. 74% are not overly fatigued. 97% have never had a sexually inappropriate relationship. 77% pray more than a half hour a day. And 50% pray more than one hour a day. 88% say their churches are treating them positively. 60% of the wives say the same. 56% of pastors' families feel their church is in sync with their family needs. 77% of pastors spend 20 hours a week or more with their family.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: That's a lot of encouragement. And uh, the next four podcasts, we're going to be talking about pastor appreciation. We're going to tell some stories about pastor heroes, men and women in ministry serving the Lord and front lines of their churches and nonprofit uh, nonprofit ministries and other situations of leadership, and hope that you will tune in with us.
1: Jesus, thank you that you are our Lord, our Savior. You are the good shepherd that shepherds our souls. We pray, Lord, that you would guide us to respond and participate with you in letting you shepherd us and that we would be shepherds after your own heart. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for being a part of our soul shepherding community. Do you receive our weekly devotional emails? They're inspiring and free. You can sign up on soulshepherding.org.
1: We love hearing your comments, questions, and requests for podcast topics.
0: It's also a blessing when you share soul talks with a friend.